Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 152. Pete is at Disney. My name's Pete, and joining me tonight, you got the whole gang. Matt? Yeah, Pete, it's weird to see you at Disney right now. And Tom? I think Pete told a lie. He's not at Disney while we're recording. We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. Obviously, I'm not at Disney right this second, but depending on when I edit this and like put it up, when this episode releases, I, I guess I'll be back from Disney. So I guess the whole episode is a lie. It's a, I'm a sham. I'm a farce. I'm sorry. Well, Pete, what are you most looking forward to doing at Disney? So maybe we can pretend... What would you be doing at Disney right now? It's 8.30 at night. What would you likely be doing at Disney? I mean, probably eating dinner. We're going to talk about that in a minute, because we're actually going to go through kind of the plan for this trip. Talk about... Uh, I mean, if you listen to the Patreon, we're going to hit some of the same things that we hit on the Patreon uh, go a little bit more in depth, maybe. And then we've got a couple other things that uh, that we're going to address before we get into all that. What news do we have this week? You know, one thing I, I don't know that it's necessarily newsworthy for for this moment. And I was not on the last episode, so forgive me if you guys discussed it. But the Epcot Prism looks absolutely incredible. The fountain that's now the walls are down out front of Epcot. Yeah, this was this was something that we discussed. On the episode, and if you'd listened to the episode, you probably would have uh, would have realized that. But Matt actually was reminiscing about Boy Meets World and and the fountain because this fountain is in the place where the original fountain was. Tom, Tom, do you know all that? So yeah, I I think the underlying theme of our podcast is that we kind of want to be a Boy Meets World or a Full House podcast because. In maybe 30% of our episodes, we've worked in the fact that Boy Meets World and Full House visited Disney World. I mean, happiest yeah, place I on mean, Earth. Why would you not want to film an episode we're, there? We're back-to-back non-Patreon episodes of, of working this in. And I didn't know you guys talked about it last episode because I hadn't listened to it. So, Now, now let me ask you a question, though. Okay, so, so Corey is swimming in the tank at Coral Reef, right? Do you remember what the sign that he holds up says? Oh, this is a good trivia time. No. It's kind of creepy. What did, it, what did it say? It says, I will chase you forever. Like, that kind of screams stalker to me, right? Nah, I don't know. Let's... Yeah. Maybe. Don't know that's worth podcasting about. No, but... it's, it's not that the podcast isn't about it. I, Pete, I, that's an interesting... You know what? We'll just say this. I think... TV shows and, and movies have changed a lot, uh, and, and no one even thought that when that came out, Pete. But thank you for bringing that to everyone's attention, that Corey might have been a stalker. Hey, another another uh, another fun fact from that episode. The, the episode's called The Happiest Show on Earth, and Sean actually calls Disney World the most happiest place on Earth, which is in fact not the slogan, right? Do we know what the slogan is, Matt? This is this is some Mandela effect stuff right here. I'm actually. Do we know what the the, the most the magical same, place on earth? Right? Yeah, it is. But I'm on the same website as you now, and like I'm way too in, interested in this right now. A, a lot of a lot of. Uh, I'm gonna go back and watch that tonight. Actually, so it's on Disney anyway, Plus. You can. Big 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 tangent there, but uh, but yes, you're right. The fountain is fire. Time out. Time out. Before before we move on from this. Um, Corey does the right thing and tells Topanga that he won't chase her anymore and they can go back to being friends. That was after the I will chase you forever. So Corey is not a stalker. He redeemed himself. And I think that we needed to talk about that before we moved on. Okay. Aside from that, I'm usually the news guy. I don't really have anything else. I did not prepare a ton of news because to me, the news is indeed about you going to Disney, you being at Disney when this releases. Well, Maybe just being back. From Hi, Disney. I'll, I'll be getting. I'll be getting back from Disney. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, crazy, crazy. So it, we'll uh, we'll pause for just a second to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers, and then we'll uh, we'll get into that a little bit. So your family is coming to Orlando, and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. 
But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Okay, since we really started this kind of without knowing what we're going to talk about let's let's talk about this disney trip that now this is this is past pete talking about his future trip and and i think we've done this before with tom in that we are recording this before i go to disney world even though i will have gone to disney world by the time it releases so this is past pete talking i feel like so I a lot to, of this stuff I, may change i was gonna say i feel like i need a delorean to keep up with what you're doing right now pete which, we don't talk about the DeLorean and that other theme park on this podcast, though. So, interestingly enough, so let's 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 kind of go through, and, and we did this on the Patreon, but the decision-making process. Number one, Tom, your last trip, you guys had a great time. Very, very few crowds. And you changed things up a little bit, right? Instead of going to the parks, typically we go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? Or, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, depending on... When you get down there, you guys switched it up a little bit and went Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So instead of instead of going to you know a Hollywood Studios on Friday, you went to Magic Kingdom on Friday. Instead of doing an Epcot on Saturday, you you went to Epcot on Sunday. So you sort of pushed everything back a day, and I think you guys had a lot better experience at Epcot and at Hollywood Studios because of that. Yeah, and Pete, I'm I'm sitting here thinking out loud. I don't know that we ever did a trip recap. I know we did on the Patreon, but I'm not sure we did. Uh, a trip recap for for um, the normal episodes here, and to Pete's point, yeah. So we did uh, Thursday night arrival, Friday Magic Kingdom, Saturday Hollywood Studios, Sunday Epcot, and Monday a half day at Animal Kingdom. And you know, I don't know that we did it perfectly, but I feel like at least we we navigated the crowds really well. Uh, Friday, and I and I'll quickly recap this. And if you want to hear more in depth, the Patreon we have episodes on the Patreon about it. But you know, we did the Magic Kingdom. And I think I left. We left at like two o'clock and, and did some resort hopping, and then came back that evening. And then with Hollywood Studios, we got our boarding pass early. Fortunately, did everything in the park almost. Got out of there before the sun went down, uh, so four four thirty. And then at, at Epcot, we just had an incredible day. Sun- Sunday was a good time for us to visit. Now I will caution people that the cast members in Epcot told us that Saturday was a ghost town. They actually closed many booths early on Saturday, and and I suspected the same thing on Sunday because it was a ghost town that evening when it started raining, and then Monday at Animal Kingdom we uh, we did every attraction we wanted to do, so we left out Flight of Passage, or I'm sorry, we left out Navi River Journey, and uh, I think that's it, uh, it as far as you think of things we really we really wanted to do. So we had a great trip, and Pete, I. I think this this bridges very well into kind of your decision making of going back. Yeah, exactly. I mean, completely different experience than we had in September when we went and waited in line, especially at Epcot, waited in line for absolutely everything. Now, I think that one of the issues that we had is that the conventional wisdom on how you go and you do a Disney theme park has been completely thrown out the window at this point. So... What did, what did we preach before? We preached, get there at rope drop, go hit, you know, whatever the big attraction that you want to, that you definitely want to ride first thing in the morning, go straight there, then run through your fast passes and then fill in. Obviously, there's no fast pass at this point. We don't know if fast pass is coming back or not. But Tom, when you guys went to Magic Kingdom on Friday, you didn't go straight to Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which which is typically where you would go, right? You went to what? Space Mountain? We actually went to Pirates of the Caribbean first. 
Uh, it was really cold. So okay. we tried to go inside queue. So we did like Pirates, Peter Pan, Winnie the Pooh, Space Mountain, Buzz Lightyear, anywhere we could get indoors, Carousel Progress. Um, that That's kind of how we navigated the morning time and left shortly after lunch to to go spend some time at the Contemporary Wilderness Lodge, Grand Floridian, and the Polynesian. Just kind of want to see what it looked like, honestly. And and I don't know how, how much you guys – how much time you guys have spent on the touring plans website. Touring plans actually does a projection of wait times every day. And then they go back and they, you know, kind of close the loop and they look at, okay, well, this was our projected wait time. These were the actual wait times. So if you look at the big rides, so I'm talking about uh, Magic Kingdom. If you look at like Peter Pan and you look at Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Animal Kingdom, Avatar Flight of Passage, Hollywood Studios, Mickey and Minnie's Trainwreck and Smuggler's Run, the wait times tend to be the longest first thing in the morning. So you look at a Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and it spikes up to like 70 minutes first thing in the morning, and then it levels off to like 30 minutes the rest of the day. So it, it seems like people are going to those rides first, and then they're done. And then they're not waiting in line for them anymore, and the, and the lines tend to level off. And and thank you to Larry for kind of bringing these touring plans you know everything that they have available on their site to our attention because there there are some really good planning tools on there. We've we've used the reservation finder on there a lot, uh, and and also uh, you know I've started looking at their their crowd calendar and the and the wait times now. You know, so so just to take a a, a quick break here, you know Matt, if you guys don't know, does a great job, you know, talking with our sponsors and and uh, helping us find support for the podcast, and we're, we're really bragging about touring plans here, and and while we're at it. I just want to give my shout out to Pizzeria Italia. Maybe, maybe Matt and I had my an email go off in the background, but maybe Matt can can also can lure in Pizzeria Italia as a podcast sponsor, as well as touring plans. Because Pete, you're kind of raving about it, and I see Matt smiling because because Matt, you've been quiet here. I mean, I, obviously, we're, we're talking about my last trip, which which unfortunately you did not attend, and we're talking about Pete's future trip, which neither of us are going on. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit quiet. I'm actually just writing down notes on who the next sponsor should be. Um, I'll be honest, I don't know if the pizzeria joint can afford us, just being honest with you guys, <laughs> based on what I've seen. But, I mean, if Pete's going to Disney this week, he's probably paying enough money for a good sponsorship there and what he's going to order. I, I tell you, we're definitely getting some pizzeria Italian. We're probably going to have to drive there because I don't think they deliver to – I know they don't deliver to Bay Lake, and I don't think they deliver to the Grand Floridian, but we're going to find out. So really, that that was number one in my decision-making process to go back was, Tom, your experience in December. Look, I know this is a holiday weekend. It's Martin Luther King weekend. So crowd levels are going to be a little elevated. But again, according to touring plans, they're not going to be that elevated. So looking forward to that. The, the second factor that really played into my decision here was the fact that Disney is starting to seat guests on every row or they've put up plexiglass dividers on a lot of ride vehicles. So a lot of rides that were running at 20%, 30%, 40% capacity are now back up, maybe not to 100% capacity because there, there definitely is still some separation between groups and you're certainly not getting every seat filled on every ride vehicle like you used to be. But I think that Disney is doing a much better job getting guests through the lines. And, and Tom, you said it, I think on our on your last trip recap, that the posted wait times are wildly inaccurate at this point. You know, you may see a 100-minute wait time and it actually be a 30-minute wait. You may see a 60-minute wait time and it actually be 30 minutes. Yeah, and Pete, it, it's been a little bit of time since that trip. It, it was either – our our longest wait time was either 37 minutes or 47 minutes. And that includes Runaway Railway, Flight of Passage, Seven Dwarfs, Soarin'. I mean, some of the big attractions. Um, so – I don't remember the exact posted wait times, but we never waited the full amount unless you had like a you know a five or ten minute posted wait time and you you walk right on. So hopefully that trend continues. I know. Look, we're in uncharted territory with with Disney and with with park hours and and park calendars and all that kind of stuff right now. But hopefully that trend continues. So what what are you what are you anticipating, Pete? Do you think it will continue, or do you think that you're going to be up against it here a little bit? Man, I hope so. I mean, looking at, you know, I've been doing a lot of looking at crowd calendars and, and that kind of stuff. And it, it seems like a lot of different sites have this weekend pegged very differently. 
I go back to touring plans again. Touring plans has this, I think, out of, as a three out of ten or a four out of ten for crowd levels. But I've seen some calendars that have it as a six or a seven out of ten for crowd levels. I certainly hope it's not skewed towards that higher end because I'm going to be miserable again, and I'm probably going to say I'm never going back to Disney. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that Disney is still at a very limited capacity. And I think that they have increased the ride capacity just enough to to kind of balance the increase in capacity that they had. So I'm I'm hoping that wait times are reasonable, that we're not waiting in line. Plus we're we're switching things up a little bit. We're doing parks on different days. And again, we're we're gonna try to do things a little differently in our approach to getting on rides. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna go hit the big rides first. We're gonna come back to those later. So let's let's go over the plan a little bit again. Just like Tom, I am. Uh, we're we're planning on Magic Kingdom on Friday, Hollywood Studios Saturday, Sunday Epcot, and Monday Animal Kingdom. Now this is very much in flux because I actually threw a little uh, little bit of a wrench in when I suggested, hey, maybe we just skip Magic Kingdom on Friday and go over to to uh, Universal. Well. We are not a Universal podcast. We're a Disney podcast, so I understand why people probably didn't want to do that. What, what was the what was the feedback there for you, Pete? Uh, actually, excitement. Really? I, I don't know that we'll. I don't know that we'll do it. Well, well, look. I have not. I've never been to Universal in Florida. I've been to Universal in California, but I've never been to Universal Florida. Never seen, uh, you know, Wizarding World of Harry Potter, like. None of the rides there. So it's something that I definitely want to do. I think what we kind of determined was that we're going to save it for a future trip. I mean, Pete goes Just to Dollywood. Be, be- Pete goes to Dollywood. Now he wants to expand out of the Disney universe. He goes to Dollywood one time, and he's already planning more Dollywood trips. He's going to go Universal. Come on, Pete. You're better than that. It would be really difficult to squeeze Universal into one day on a Friday, especially since... I don't know if you how closely you guys watch just theme park news in general, but Universal, prior to the beginning of the year, and I don't know if it's still happening, Universal was hitting capacity like before park open. There were that many people trying to get into Universal, and they don't have like a reservation system or anything like that that Disney does. So the only way you guarantee you get in there is by having a, a reservation at a Universal hotel. So I don't know if this is what my one of my old college professors I'm still friends with. He um just went to Universal. They don't start school back till I mean, mid January, late January. But he um basically did Universal. I think he said he did 23 rides and went in like 10 hours. And he said that his longest wait was 35 minutes. And he said, you know, if it, if there was anything over you know a 45 minute wait, I just did something else. And he said I was just waiting it out. So he made it work. And I'm at trying to be a universal podcast, but maybe it can happen. Well, especially if you buy universals, like skip the line or whatever. whatever Yeah. I don't think, I don't think he did that though. Based on what he said, he was in standby lines. Gotcha. So yeah, I mean, so that's the plan right now. Magic kingdom on Friday. We're, I mean, we're, we're staying at the grand Floridian, right? So we're a, we're a 15 minute walk from magic kingdom. We actually have a lunch planned at uh, Grand Floridian Cafe at one o'clock, and then we have a late night Chef Art Smith. So the plan is to do pretty much what Tom did on his trip, and that is to finish it, finish up at Magic Kingdom by one o'clock or so. If we need to go back to Magic Kingdom to, to do anything that we've missed, we'll certainly do that. But uh, you know, finish up at Magic Kingdom by one o'clock or so, and go back to the Grand Floridian. Eat lunch, maybe go up to what's Meisner's called now? Enchanted, Enchanted Rose. Rose. Yes. Maybe yes. go to the Enchanted yes. Rose. The Beast thing. Yeah. I will definitely walk over because it's such a short walk to the Polynesian. And uh, I don't know. I hear from somebody that they are making Trader Sam's drinks at, is that, what is that? Tam, is it what is Tam, that place is called? Tambu Lounge? Lounge? Yeah. And the lapu lapu is the drink that you get there, right? So I got an, I and got an apple. Yeah, you know, I know, but I I hear that at Tambu Lounge they are making Trader Sam's yes. drinks. Uh, and I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna ask the cast member if that's true. Yeah, and and Pete, I'll tell you as I as I hear your trip so far, 
the thing that I'm I'm most jealous about, and I think knowing Matt as well as I do, I, I think he would be jealous about this too. While it's going to be a dead environment inside of of Polynesian, obviously a lot of construction going on, and it's just you know you go over the, these resorts right now. Well, I can't speak for holiday weekend, but but I, I would imagine you're going to think it it's just very you know it's very quiet. But I missed the Polynesian on, on our last trip. Because just by the, the way we did it, the Polynesian bar upstairs is not open until 4 p.m. We happened to be in the resort ahead of time. And my wife got me a Christmas surprise. I actually got a great Trader Sam's pin um, that that uh, I, I got. Actually, it's a late Christmas present. She'd forgotten she even she got it, and she put it under the Christmas tree, and we found it as we were kind of clearing that out. But, Pete, you're going to really enjoy being over at the Polynesian. I hope you had the same the same wait staff that we had because they actually came from Trader Sam's. They were, they were allowing them to work upstairs. And that's probably the thing I'm most jealous about so far. I would tell you if I if I could give you any advice, don't waste time at at uh, the contemporary as far as the 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 bars there go. And and other than that, go to Tambu Lounge. Maybe go to Enchanted Rose for a drink or a snack, uh, and spend some time over at Wilderness that's Lodge. That's the plan. Too. Yeah. And and I think that we'll go. Yeah, I think we're going to go to Geyser Point for sure. And, and the hope is that we're done, you know, we're done at Polynesian and Grand Floridian and over at Wilderness Lodge by six o'clock or so, seven o'clock maybe. We've got some time to get over to the Springs because we, we do have a dinner reservation that night at uh, Chef Art Smith's Homecoming. And uh, I think that's at 930 or something like that. So we'll have some time over at the Springs as well on uh, on Friday night. So should be a good time. I mean, I'm pretty much doing the exact same thing Tom did on his uh, on his Magic Kingdom day. But there you go. And then the next morning we got to wake up at seven. Yeah, you can wake up at seven, but you can also go right back to sleep. So I, your next morning is obviously not not really not really though because the park opens at nine. You can go back to sleep a little bit, Tom. I mean, I'm going to be up at five thirty, so it really isn't going to matter one way or the other. But yes, I do have to wake up at seven to get my Rise of the Resistance boarding group, hopefully. So we'll we'll work on that, uh, and then and then head into Hollywood Studios. And again, the the plan is to be done with Hollywood Studios. You know, we have a we have a lunch at Brown Derby at two o'clock, so hopefully be done with. Uh, with Hollywood Studios by two o'clock, we've got a we've got a, a round with Oga at eleven fifty. We'll go do battle with Oga at eleven fifty, and then um, two o'clock lunch at Brown Derby, and then hopefully head out after that. And I'm not sure what we do at that point. Not sure if we go back and do some more resort hopping, or if we go over to Disney Springs, or we could hop over to another park. I don't I don't know. You just Pretty don't know if there's gonna be enough time. Point. Are you gonna have enough time? I just. Yeah, I just don't know if there's enough time. I don't know if I have enough time. But I do know we have a reservation that night at uh, what has become the old standby now, I guess. And that is at uh, Topolino's Terrace at 8.50. Yeah, Topolino's is – I mean, we've talked about it a lot. I know we've talked about it a lot on the Patreon. It's probably my favorite restaurant at Disney World right now. And I've even visited – it's kind of funny. On my last trip, we went over to Riviera – and as I sat down, um, you know, outside of the Riviera and, and kind of taking in the views, I I was longingly looking up at the roof and and regretting that I did not have a reservation to at least go hang out up there. And and I tell you, the food is 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 great. It's expensive. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you're you're spending some spending some coin here, but yeah, I mean, the view from the terrace is absolutely incredible. Uh, we had we had fantastic service last time. Was his name was Lewis, right? I think so. I'm I'm pretty confident in that. Yes, I think he was from St. Louis. He was from St. Louis. I know that for sure. And uh, but fantastic service took really good care of of. I mean, there were a lot of us. There were five, six of us, seven of us, something like that. But took took just phenomenal care of us. Food was good. The, the The atmosphere in the restaurants fantastic. So highly recommend Topolino's Terrace. I'd, I'd love to stay at the Riviera at some point. Actually, it's not. You know, when you talk about location for the deluxe resorts, I think that it is the least desirable deluxe resort 
to stay at from a location standpoint. Even though you have the Skyliner there, I think that, uh, I mean, to me, Contemporary is the best location on property. I think Grand Floridian's a close second. Polynesian maybe right behind that. Woodlands Lodge right behind that. And then uh, Riviera behind that. But it is a beautiful hotel. Don't don't get me wrong. So after that exciting evening at Topolino's Terrace, we'll uh, we'll go to Epcot. And Epcot doesn't. What time did Epcot open for you guys, Tom? Pete, you, Tom, what time did Epcot open? I'm sorry, you broke up there, Pete. Yeah, repeat that. I didn't hear you. Uh, what time did Epcot open for you guys? Tom? So it either opened at nine or ten, and and the reason I think ten is because. We did a few attractions, and then as we were approaching Mexico, they had already opened the pavilion. And I started thinking, man, La Cava's open like at ten forty or something, and and this seems early. So we don't we don't open until eleven at Epcot on the Sunday that we're there. Now we do have to check out of Grand Floridian Sunday morning and check into Bay Lake Tower. Which I'm sure that Disney will handle the baggage transfer and all that kind of stuff. But that, I mean, still. honestly, that's perfect, though. I mean, you, you have a, a decent morning where, you know, you're not rushing to a park to be there at like Animal Kingdom for us. I know opened at 7 a.m. So you're not rushing to a park to, to get there in time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Epcot, you know, we'll, we'll do Epcot. I think the plan is to stay at Epcot. Epcot's open 11 to 8. Our plan is to stay at Epcot all day, take in all that Epcot has to offer. I don't, I mean, we'll try to ride some rides. You know, we'll, I definitely want to get on Soarin'. Test track is, I'm not going to wait 90 minutes for test track, but if it, if the line gets down there, we'll, we'll definitely get on it. Probably we'll skip Tom's favorite ride. Uh, I, I think that we'll try to get on Frozen, but, uh, but yeah, just have some, have good times at Epcot. And then, uh, actually, this is pretty exciting to me. This will be the, either the third or fourth time that I've been here for dinner now. But we have a 745, so right at Park Close, reservation at uh, Beer Garden in the German Pavilion. So so your hours are 11 to 8? Our hours are 11 uh, yeah, to I'm, 8. I'm yes. 100% sure we at least had 10 to 9, but I think we had 9 to 9. Could, could be. Could be. Now, when we get to Epcot, one of our goals is to try to talk ourselves into seeing the new France expansion and to at least see the Ratatouille ride. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but again, I do have the greatest salesman known to man with me. So if anybody can get us in there, he and, can do it. And in the words of our buddy, I think he I think he texted, you know, we were joking about in this this time while you guys are at Disney, what are you going to be doing? I'm pretty sure he texted, we're going to be jumping the bushes to the rat ride. Uh is what I it, it verbatim what I think he said. Well, honestly, Honestly, I want this guy to get us some sponsors. I don't have to do it anymore. If he's the greatest salesman you've ever been around, Pete, ever met, then he needs to get on get on the horn for us and get us some sponsors. I don't know what I'm doing on the podcast tonight, guys. I guess I'm just chopped liver. I mean, I guess so. So the exact quote verbatim is, goal for the trip is to get behind the hedges at the rat ride. I, listen, I, I wish I could describe Matt's face when Pete didn't really listen to what he just said. Matt said, I guess I'm chopped liver. And Pete goes, I guess so. <laughs> Just started on his rant. So yeah, beer garden. Have you guys eaten at beer garden? No, I have not. But it's really not like the type of menu that would that would uh, would be something up my alley. Here's my thought process. Here we're going to be at Epcot all day, and we're going to need something good and hearty at the end of the day, just to kind of close out the day. And this is you know German food, so it's sausages, spetzel, noodle gratin, you know, big pastries, and then they also have. You know, giant like two foot tall beers too. So, I, I think that uh, I think that we're going to be good at the end of the day at Epcot. And plus, it gets us some time after the park closes. I mean, Beer Garden is normally a, a buffet. They've they've switched it up because of the uh, the current situation. They've switched it up to family style. It, I mean, it used to be where they'd seat you wherever. If if you had two people, they'd seat you at the end of a table of of. 10 people that knew each other and they'd uh, they'd throw everybody together. And then it was a buffet. It was a big party. They've separated the tables. They're not doing that anymore. And it is family style now, but I think that the same kind of environment is still going to be there. 
I think it's still going to be that same boisterous Oktoberfest kind of attitude. And uh, I think it's going to be great to close out uh, to close out our Epcot day. You know, I'm I'm interested to, to hear your opinion of that, Pete, because we ate at Whispering Canyon a few trips back, my wife and and uh, her family, and it was not the boisterous atmosphere that they had come to know eating at Whispering Canyon. So I'll be interested to hear if if um, you know if Beer Garden still lives up to to what you remember it being. I'll, I'll Facetime you guys. Well, I'm there, I, I firmly believe that to be true. But um, so wrapping up your Epcot day. I, I guess you're not going to get Pizzeria Italia, which means you have to get it a different night. But your Monday, you're going to Animal Kingdom. Yeah, Monday, Monday we're going to Animal Kingdom, and uh, it's the last day of the trip, so it's it's going to be you know sad times all around. Now, Animal Kingdom actually opens at 8 a.m. So my my goal is to get there pretty close to park open. Although you know we'll be we'll be out late at Epcot. Who knows? We might go over to Disney Springs after uh, after Epcot Day. My goal is to get there pretty much at park open, knock some stuff out, eat lunch at uh, what do you think I'm going to say? Yeah, Satuli Canteen. So maybe, maybe I may sacrifice Satuli Canteen on this trip, and and I may sacrifice Satuli Canteen just to go sit in Nomad Lounge for a couple hours and eat lunch at Nomad Lounge. A couple hours. A couple hours. It's a it's a fun it's a fun place. It's a really cool bar. It's uh it's attached to Tiffins and I'm sure we've talked about this several times on the on the podcast. But it's a really it's a really neat themed bar and the, did you guys eat there Tom? Or we got some appetizers drinks? there. Again, this kind of like goes with my um Sanai experience from a food standpoint. It's not it's not the food I would pick for myself. And I think I had one yeah. celebratory beverage there as as my football team got uh, one of their two wins that that weekend it's a, it's a fun atmosphere it's a really fun atmosphere but i'll probably end up eating a satuli you know and we talked about this satuli is i mean quick service quick service meals at disney world satuli is the number one spot right and i would put it above a lot of table service meals as well certainly above tony's town square yeah, Satuli's <laughs> definitely better than Tony's, but it's it's better than a lot of places. And that's it. I mean, then we'll we'll get on the the long uh, tragical express back. And we didn't talk about this, but uh, I, and we did actually get an email about about the magical express going away. And so I want to hear you guys' thoughts on on this. So so Disney. Staying on Disney property used to get all these benefits, right? You used to get extra magic hours, which extra magic hours weren't an hour before park open you could get in. Extra magic hours, if you guys remember, used to be like three hours after park close. Like, I mean, I can I can remember being in Magic Kingdom until 2 a.m. because the park closed at 11. And, and extra magic hours are three extra hours. So we're losing that. Disney's introducing this 30-minute early entry. You can pick any park and get in 30 minutes early if you're staying at resorts. Whoop-de-doo. So getting rid of that, they're getting rid of Magical Express. There's going to be no more Magical Express to take you from the airport to the resorts. And um, so I want to hear you guys' thoughts on what make... Well, and and while we're talking about this, FastPass is is gone now, so you don't get 60 days to make FastPass reservations. Obviously, because there's no fast pass. So I want to hear you guys' thoughts on: Is it still worth it to stay on Disney property? So, so before we dive into it, I do want to, to touch on an email we got from from one of our listeners. Uh, TJ wrote us, and and I, I'll kind of summarize his email, but or, or his or her email. I think it's I think it's a he, but it could be his or her, right? Um, so it was kind of a two part question, and what TJ asked was: With the recent announcements about Disney's Magical Express ending next year and the changes that Pete just discussed about the magic hours. Um, TJ was wondering if we could do an episode or just kind of talk about what is it like to stay at Disney Springs hotels? And then what uh, does the transportation look like to and from the parks from those hel- those hotels? And um, TJ's family has no interest in, in renting a car and paying parking fees each day, which I totally understand. And they also don't really want to Uber. And then, and then the second part of that was – 
with some of the plans you've read about it, it it's kind of crazy to think about the bright line between Disney and MCO. You know, if it happens, then Disney pay Disney resort guests would be, would be, would have their ticket, their train ticket paid for, but you'd have to fly on a plane, grab your luggage, take it to the train, potentially grab your luggage and take it to a bus to your resort from Disney Springs and then ride the bus to your resort. And then one of the, you know, obviously that that's a lot of moving things around. It's, it's, it's very exhausting to get your resort. So I think that's, what's prompted this discussion. And, and with that, I think, I think it's a two part question we need to answer one, exactly what Pete asked, what value does staying on Disney property bring? If you don't get magical express, you don't get fast pass, you don't get extra magic hours. And then two, um, I know I have a lot of experience staying in the Disney Springs area, so I can talk about a lot of the transportation methods and, and what that looks like. So, uh, TJ, we appreciate the question. This is the kind of stuff we ask you guys for all the time. Uh, so we, we appreciate you reaching out, but, uh, Matt or Pete, you guys started, I mean, what value does it, do you have now staying on Disney property? Yeah, I'll, I'll just mention very briefly that, that you do still get that magic of being in the Disney bubble. The problem that I have is that the Disney bubble now doesn't start until you actually get to Disney property. Whereas before you get off the plane, you walk downstairs at MCO, you hop on Magical Express and Disney takes care of everything. You're in the Disney bubble at that point. So it takes longer to get there, right? I mean, because you have to figure out how to get from the airport to Disney World. Yeah. So Pete, I think I think that's certainly an issue. And as it relates to TJ's email, what value does it bring? He didn't, you know, TJ didn't ask this. What value does it bring to stay on property? There's still some value in, in, you know, if I were taking my family for the first time, I for sure would still want to stay in a Disney resort. But as it relates to just the logistics of getting from MCO to your resort hotel, even if you choose Disney Springs, as TJ alluded to, that's what they're kind of considering. Well, if you don't want an Uber, if you don't really want an Uber from the hotel, I mean, from the hotel to your resort, you, you don't want to rent a car. Are you, you certainly don't want to take all your luggage to, to Disney Springs and then walk. Well, you it. have to rely on hotel. You have to rely on hotel shuttles, right? You do. And so kind of talking about some of the, the Disney Springs hotel offerings, there are Hilton and Marriott hotels there. I'm sure there are other chains as well. Those are the two, you know, the, the big ones in that area. And I can only speak from the Hilton aspect because I, I typically have stayed at Hilton's and they do have a bus service that takes you to the parks. So if you've ever done like a guided tour to Disney world, like third party tour, they drop you off at a different bus area and they, and, and in this instance, at least for the Hilton hotels, there are like four or five Hilton's right there on, on hotel Plaza Boulevard. They stop at each Hilton and run like, once every hour and and so they'll say like hey one one bus goes to epcot hollywood studios one bus goes to magic kingdom animal kingdom and so say you want to go to epcot that day and and you're there at 10 30 and the park opens at 11 that should be plenty of time but you're probably going to stop at a couple more hotels you're probably going to stop at hollywood studios first yeah and and i would say that the hotel i mean there are hotel shuttles from mco to the hotels too right that's probably you can actually probably rely on those a lot more than you can rely on the buses from those hotels to the parks. The airport shuttles are are pretty reasonable, whereas the park shuttles. Tom, did did you guys try to take the park shuttle at one point, right? And it it didn't work out. My wife and I just decided we're going to go to Disney and we're going to be really really budget friendly. And so we had an annual pass, which is a little different. So we had our car down there. Actually, no, this is a trip we didn't have a car down there. And the first day, we took a bus shuttle to Hollywood Studios, talked to the front desk, and it was just a nightmare at, at how much longer it took to get to the park. And from then on, we're like, look, we're trying to save money, but we also want to want to enjoy our time in the park, and, and it probably is, is worth the $12 Uber ride there and back to do it. Uh, and, then, and then from then on, Pete, we drove ourselves down there, and because we had the annual pass, we had free parking, we just did it that way. Yeah, so I'll say from a benefit standpoint now, yeah, you missed out on extra magic hours. You don't get Magical Express anymore. You don't get Fast Passes. You are still in that Disney bubble and you still can utilize Disney transportation. That's a huge benefit. 
Because you know that, that Disney is not going to let you sit there for three hours waiting on a shuttle, right? You know that there's going to be a bus every 15 minutes or so. But, but even staying on Disney property, I mean, I, I've still found us using Uber quite a bit. Now, maybe not Ubering from, you know, contemporary to Magic Kingdom, but certainly Ubering from contemporary to Animal Kingdom or to Hollywood Studios or even, even to Epcot. I feel like we Ubered to Epcot. No, that's not true. We took the Skyliner, which was a disaster in itself. But but I think that Disney transportation is a huge benefit still. The fact that you are there and you're in that Disney transportation. Yeah. I, plus. I would agree. I mean, Disney transportation is still plus. Being in the bubble is still plus. But they certainly aren't making it as a – it's not a slam dunk decision anymore. I mean, they've, they've taken some things away that certainly impact a trip. A- absolutely. And, and there's something to be said for – Matt. When you guys went to Disney when you were young, you stayed at. It's not old key. It wasn't old Key West, but yeah, it was Dix, uh, Dixie, Dixie Landing, Stamp- right? Dix- yeah, Dixie. Yeah, I was gonna say Dixie Stampede, but no, it was definitely Dixie, Dixie Landing. Dixie Landing. <laughs> yeah. Then after that, we stayed like, at All Star. So yeah, go ahead. So so like compare. I mean, compare Dixie Landing to a Hilton. Like, there's just not a comparison, right? No, there's there's really not a comparison there because it's, we talk about it all the time, but it's a Disney bubble. And, like, you feel like you're in Disney. You feel like you're in something that's larger than life. And, you know, a Hilton, you can stay at – one Hilton, you stay at a mall. You stay at, you know, Port Orleans or whatever. Yeah. yeah, whatever they're called, whatever they want to call it now. I mean, you stay at All-Star Sports even. I mean, there's still Disney all over the wall. Like, when you're walking through, there are Disney cast members everywhere, but Disney pictures are on the wall and Disney food items and – it's just a lot different. And what you were talking about earlier, Pete, I mean, 100%, my big question right now for the for the listener's email is, you know, Tom, how are buses right now? I mean, is it easier to is it easier to stay off property and get home faster if he has kids or if he has, you know, that kind of thing? That would be my – because if you're in the park all day, you're waiting to get into different countries in Epcot, you know, you're waiting for different rides. Like, it's going to be a very long day. And, yeah, I, I just wonder how much – you know, being in a hotel will get you home faster in that situation. If you're trying to get anywhere quick on Disney property right now, you either need to have your own car or you need to Uber because the buses, the buses run, but whereas like one bus might f- take everybody out of the line before, now it takes like three buses to clear everybody out of the line. And that was, that was my major complaint with us leaving Epcot that night is that we had people waiting out in the rain, in the pouring pouring rain, to get on a bus, and Disney didn't have enough buses running. And it's very frustrating when when that happens. So so yeah, I mean, I I don't unfortunately, even if you are staying on Disney property, Disney transportation is not going to be perfect. But I think certainly if you're staying at a Disney Springs hotel, like you're going to have to either rent a car, bring your own car, or use Uber. To some extent, because there's there's just not a good way to get from those hotels over to Disney World at this point. Yeah, and and to TJ's specific question, I I would say either you know either get comfortable with with the Uber aspect. Um, if you, if you're close enough to drive, that that would be another option to have your car on site. Obviously, you're not going to avoid the the parking fees. I mean, same issue you have with the rental car, but um, or just leave. You know, if, if you're if the hotel, the Disney Springs area you choose has a shuttle to the parks, you know, instead of leaving 30 minutes to an hour before the park opens, leave 90 minutes before. And I know that sounds really excessive. Um, the other option you have is if you stay close enough, there's a Hilton that has a bridge that walks over to Disney Springs. I don't know what time those buses are running to and from the park. Certainly check that because they do not run all day. I know that for certain. But if you're comfortable, maybe if, if you're comfortable riding the hotel shuttle to the park in the morning and then maybe taking a, a Disney bus to Disney Springs in the afternoon, you know, that, that also kind of puts you in the Disney bubble. Yeah. But look, I mean, there's, there's definitely something to be said for staying in that Disney bubble, regardless of the fact that you lose, you, you know, we've lost a lot of benefits. I mean, that's, that's a fact, but to me, it doesn't matter because when, when I walk into the contemporary, or when I walk into the Grand Floridian, or when I walk into the Polynesian, or when I walk into All Star Sports, or when I walk into Pop Century, like it, it doesn't matter 
Like you, you know that you're in Disney at that point, right? Yep, totally. Got him. <laughs> so for our listeners, I just sent a um a picture to our group chat that had a little like black curly line on it. Looks like a piece of like human hair, and it says, "Um, just want to take a second and watch while you try to get that hair off your screen." And Tom and P both did it, and they started laughing. <laughs> Oh man! So I, I don't know if we answered. I don't know if we answered the question there. I mean, to me, there is a, an inherent value in staying at a Disney resort. No, I think we we answered the question. How much did the double tree cost you for a four night stay? I believe our total was three hundred. It, it was listed as three fifty one fees and parking, all that included. But I think they actually charged me like three twenty because I remember I remember texting my mom and wife and saying, "Oh, it was actually thirty bucks less total." Than I thought it would be. So there's a value in it. I mean, there's a value in staying Disney Springs for the savings right now. And and you're going to pay that per night if you stay at a deluxe resort at Disney World. At right least. Now. So if if you're looking at you know if you're looking at this from a strictly cost standpoint, I mean, it's definitely worth it to stay at at a DoubleTree or at a Hilton or at a Marriott or whatever. Take an Uber in, rent a car. I mean, the the savings that you will have, I mean, you'll more than make up for uh, for that staying off property than on property. But but there's definitely a, a magic that comes with staying on property and being in that Disney bubble full time and and not having to worry about it and being able to walk out of your room in the morning and realize, oh, I'm at Disney. I don't have to worry about it. For sure, uh, for for sure. So. TJ, ultimately, you're you're going to be the one to decide if we gave you the answer that uh, that you were after. If we didn't, you know, I, I want to encourage TJ and all of our other listeners to to shoot us another email, uh, hit us up on the Twitter, and let us know things you want to hear, questions you want us to talk about, uh, entire episode titles uh, or episode ideas rather that you'd like us to discuss. Because you know, as we've mentioned on the Patreon and maybe on the regular episodes too, I mean, it, with with kind of the slowdown and what's going on at Disney right now, it's been challenging for us to to come up with with additional things to talk about. I mean, the news is really slow out of Disney, and uh, and we want to continue to bring a lot of uh, a lot of different fun and, and kind of out of the box topics here. So, TJ, I, we appreciate the email. Hopefully, that that gave you an answer to what you were after. And if it didn't, you know, circle back with us, and uh, you know, we can we can shoot you a note and, and get you what you're after. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go to the trivia question and the secret for the week. I know we had a kind of a off the wall trivia question last week, and the secret wasn't very good because I came up with it on the fly. But uh, what do we got this week, Tom? Yeah. So I think our listeners are all rejoicing that that I'm back and doing the secret and trivia. I'll tell a funny story real quick. I could not do the podcast last time they recorded, and I got a good laugh when they texted that they were at the end and realized they didn't have a secret or trivia because. Well, obviously, I always handle that. So uh, we're going to start with the secret of the night. And this is a secret for Pete. This is a secret about blue milk, which is disgusting. But I find myself always ordering it. So uh, the the secret of the night, did you know, the milk stand, of course, in Galaxy's Edge, is not the only place that you can find blue milk. It is also listed on the non-alcoholic drink menu at Oga's Cantina, but it's served slightly differently there. The blue milk... By the stand comes frozen like a slushy, and you can have it as alcoholic or non-alcoholic. However, in the cantina, it is served at room temperature, which makes me want to throw up. Um, it is a, it's the less preferred option between the two, uh, and it does come with a bantha-shaped with cookie. With a cookie, right? So room temperature blue yeah. milk inside of Oga's. It's non-alcoholic with a cookie. You can also get Ogas, obviously, at the milk stand, non-alcoholic or alcoholic, and it's more like a frozen slushy. It's, it's chewy. chewy. Yeah, it's chewy. It's it's gross. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna walk us through the trivia question of last week. I guess they asked you when was the first Walt Disney World trip for the Mendo Disney podcast, and after much discussion, I think our listeners might be surprised. But Matt has the first Walt Disney World trip in June of 1994. Now, I will say that we are a Walt Disney World podcast, but Pete actually went to Disneyland before I went to Disney World. 
So I was. I did. I went. I went to Disneyland, and I think it was either ninety one or ninety two. Okay, and so then I was. I went to Disney in ninety four. Pete went in ninety five, and then Tom, you went to Walt Disney World when? So yeah, w- this was also up for debate. So I, I had to text some some folks in the know. Uh, so we have we have June of nineteen ninety four for for Matt. We have July of nineteen ninety five for Pete. July or August, right, Pete? It was either July or Again, August, this is yeah. Walt Disney World. And then we have November of 1997 for for Tom, for me. So so, so you still saw the cake castle. I saw castle. the cake castle. It's the first castle I ever saw. Now, was the was the sorcerer's hat there at that time? No, I don't. Or that, that wasn't until 2000. No, that wasn't no, until was 2000. Much later than that. But, so yeah, Matt. No, I'm thinking, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the wand at Epcot. That was 2000. That was 2000. That's the, correct. Yeah, that was 2000. Okay. So Matt takes the cake. I, did Matt come up with the trivia question? He, he probably, did, but but I think he but he think he I think he thought that I had been first. I think maybe I he knew he had been first, and he and he was parlaying a, a really funny answer for himself. Well, I think if you listen to the Could've podcast, been. Tom, you would know that um we said that you definitely were not the answer. <laughs> it was either me or Pete, and our listeners had a fifty percent shot of getting it right. Well, they're older than me, so that makes sense. So going to the trivia question of this, we're going to go more traditional with this one. Um, this is a this is a fun trivia question, um, so let's go with it. I'm going to keep the Galaxy's Edge theme going from our secret and trivia question of the week. Which kyber crystal? And if you're not sure what a kyber crystal is, it is the crystal that is put in the lightsabers that you can create or buy in Galaxy's Edge, and they create both a a theme of your lightsaber, a background story with your lightsaber, as well as the actual color your lightsaber lights up with. So. Which kyber crystal, I'm looking for the color here, has a secret hidden item within it at Galaxy's Edge? So I don't know if I've worded this correctly, but there is a certain kyber crystal that you can go to purchase. And you may think it's X color and it comes out a different color. Which color kyber crystal has the secret hiding within it at Galaxy's Edge? You can tweet us at Mendu WW Podcast or email us at Mendu WW at gmail.com. All right. Well, anything else to say for tonight, guys? I'm good. And, no, and I'm actually, good. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for Matt to say I'm good because I think that's the seventh word he said this episode. So that's. Well, I do want to say have, have fun to past me from future me on your Disney trip. Well, have fun, have fun to, to present you. Yeah. From past me to. I don't know. I'm confused. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's all we've got for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, comments, please tweet us or email us at MendoWDW at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.